Hi, I'm David Rothkopf, the CEO of the DSR Network and host of the Deep State Radio podcast. Here at DSR, we have always believed that in a world as complex, fast-moving, and full of risks as ours, we all need access to the best minds. That is why we have created the leading network for expert podcasts on the issues of the day you care about. We go in-depth on politics, the law, national security, foreign policy, intelligence, defense, climate, and new technologies with regular and special guests that are the leading voices in their fields. We also offer daily updates on global news, our DSR Daily, and on a key story of the day through our partnership with the New Republic. That is why over a million times a month, people like you choose to spend time with our hosts and guests. Membership is what supports this, and members get special benefits, including bonus content in virtually all of our podcasts. It's a big deal, and it's a good deal. Our monthly membership price is going to go up for the first time in our history on March 1st. So now is the time you can lock in our founder's rate of just $5 a month. To do so, go to the dsrnetwork.com and click on membership. It's that easy, but don't delay. Today's rates will only be available for a few more weeks. Join us, support us. Go to the dsrnetwork.com right now. Thank you. This is the Daily Blast from the New Republic, produced and presented by the DSR Network. I'm your host, Greg Sargent. This week, in an important and overlooked victory, Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers signed a new set of maps for legislative districts in the state. This was actually the result of a long struggle that dates back to the 2010s, when Republicans engaged in some of the worst partisan gerrymandering anywhere in the country resulting in a host of hard-right and anti-labor legislation signed by Republican Governor Scott Walker under full GOP control. That turned Wisconsin into a nationally-watched experiment in right-wing rule. The Democratic victory in Wisconsin, however, is part of a larger story, one in which Democrats are slowly regaining ground in state legislatures and, as a direct consequence of this, are enabling democracy to revive itself in surprising places. We're very excited about today's guest, Greta Neubauer, the Minority Leader of Wisconsin Assembly Democrats, who is here to discuss what all this means. Welcome, Minority Leader. Thank you so much. Really glad to be able to join you, Greg. First, let's talk about what Evers signed. Can you tell us what the current state of the legislative balance of power is and what the new maps do? Yes. So in the state assembly, where I'm the Democratic leader, we have 35 of 99 seats. That might be surprising to your listeners who know that Wisconsin is a purple state and Democrats typically get right around 50% of the votes at statewide contests. That's including 14 of the last 17 statewide contests. We've won. And that has resulted in just about a third of the seats in the state assembly and the state senate. Um, the state senate unfortunately fell into a democratic super minority last year, and we protected the veto 
power of Governor Tony Evers in the state assembly by just two votes, that 35 of 99. What Governor Evers signed yesterday are maps that are much more fair and will reflect the will of the people in Wisconsin. The map should be about 50-50 because that is how people vote in Wisconsin, and that is true of the maps that Governor Evers signed. There will be about 15 to 20 seats that are truly competitive. And for the last several election cycles, we've only had a handful of seats that could really be considered uh, competitive elections. And then, as I said, we've got about a 50-50 split here, both in the state assembly and the state senate, um, in terms of the liens of those districts. Right. And so this will put the assembly within striking distance for Democratic control in the next elections, right? What would that mean in practice? How hard is it to get there and what could be accomplished if you get it? We're absolutely going for the majority this cycle. That would mean flipping 15 seats. A number of those seats will be Democratic-leaning. And then, of course, there will be a whole bunch that will be in that really competitive category. I already have a lot of people calling me in the last day here to share that they would like to run both in those competitive seats and some of the new seats that lean Um, on the Democratic side. And it's an incredibly exciting time for people across the state because voters um, who typically vote Democratic have felt silenced. Uh, Even if they live in parts of the state that should be competitive, they have not been able to participate in competitive elections. And that includes people in Sheboygan, Wausau, the Fox Valley, Driftless region, all across the state. These competitive elections will take place from north to south and east to west in Wisconsin. And what could be accomplished if you get Democratic control? Uh, Still, the state Senate seems like it's going to be a much tougher road, right? It might take two cycles for the state Senate, but of course, they are going to do everything they can to compete um, in every competitive seat this cycle. Unfortunately, only half of their seats will be up this year. So it's a little bit of a tougher road there. Got it. Um, So what can be accomplished, right? First of all, I will say that having been in the Capitol for six years, I have seen the impact that the gerrymander has had on public engagement in the process. People have been so frustrated because despite popular support, right, tons of people showing up at public hearings and listening sessions to advocate for uh, access to affordable health care, more investment in our schools, the protection of their reproductive rights, uh, legalizing marijuana, right? There has been very little action on any of those issues in the state capitol. Really popular policies have been completely sidelined, um, and Republicans have faced little consequence because they were not running in competitive elections. So I think it is going to completely transform the work of the legislature. We are going to have much more competitive um, elections that will result in people being more accountable to their voters and having to pass the kind of policy Wisconsinites have longed for. Again, those investments in our schools, addressing climate change and protecting our environment, lowering healthcare costs, restoring workers' rights. There's so many good things to come in Wisconsin. Yeah, I want to talk about the long road to this point, right? So I think a lot of Democrats might not remember just how big a deal Governor Scott Walker's reign in Wisconsin was. So you had him signing anti-labor legislation and a host of other hard right stuff. 
And then you had Trump's win in 2016, which I think was really kind of central to the trauma that Democrats felt about that victory. Wisconsin is in the heart of the industrial Midwest. It made up a big part of the blue wall for Democrats for a very long time. It has a long progressive history. And at the same time, it's a state that's hard for Democrats because of the disproportionate share of blue collar white voters who gave Trump a pretty big advantage. So yet you managed to win back Wisconsin in 2020, which was a big shot in the arm for a lot of people. And then came the state Supreme Court race. And I'm not going to try to pronounce her name. I'm hoping that you will do that for us. Um, That victory gave uh, liberals a majority on the court, which in turn paved the way to this moment, right? Can you talk about the long sweep here of all this? So, Greg, you're absolutely correct um, that it has been a challenging road in Wisconsin, and there were many things that had to be true for us to get fair maps. The first really significant victory here being the governors in 2018. Defeating Scott Walker um, was no small feat, and the governor, of course, Tony Evers, um, was not only able to beat Governor Walker, but then able to win re-election in 2022. We also needed to have a fair court. We had to have people on the court who believe that the maps should reflect the will of the people, right? And who were willing to take a real look at the constitutionality of the maps in Wisconsin. And so Justice Janet Protasiewicz's election last year in 2023 was absolutely pivotal. That changed the composition of the court to be one that was willing to look at the maps again and to look at this case on the merits. And now we are thankfully in the position of Governor Evers being able to sign maps just yesterday um, that do reflect the will of the people and that will mean that our democracy is restored in Wisconsin. Um, It has been an incredibly difficult time. People across the state, of course, have really struggled to figure out how to make their voices heard under this gerrymander. But they have continued to, to focus on each successive election, to protecting the veto in the state assembly, electing the governor, understanding the role of the courts, and making sure that their neighbors knew that too. And how fair maps are critically important in every issue that Wisconsinites care about. So, yes, just the ways in which all these different interlocking pieces feed into keeping democracy strong is itself a difficult thing for a lot of voters to keep track of. And the fact that Wisconsin Democrats are engaged so deeply in in all of that is, I think, a pretty impressive thing in and of itself. Now, it's the uh, capture of some control of the Supreme Court that the state Supreme Court that paved the way to where we are now because they ordered new maps and that is what enabled you guys to draw them and Governor Evers to sign them. So let's talk about how bad the Republican gerrymandering was in the state. What's the thumbnail picture there? So Democrats, um, for many years, have won about 50% of the votes in every election. Um, As I said, 14 of 17 of the last statewide elections were won by Democrats. 
But that same electorate, um, those same voters resulted in about two thirds control of the state assembly and the state senate for Republicans. Um, the state senate is currently a Republican supermajority, and we have just 35 of 99 seats in the state assembly. Um, that is very clearly not fair. <laughs> and the people of Wisconsin understood that. Of course, it is a process question, right? It's really in the weeds of the functioning of government. And it's not probably the thing most people are talking about at their kitchen tables. But it did become clear to people across the state that something was off, that the vote that they were casting was often not contributing to a competitive election for the state legislature, um, and that the results at the statewide level just simply did not match onto uh, the numbers in the state assembly and the state senate. And so it was a really important issue um, in the last several elections. People also understand Wisconsin's place in our nation's democracy, that we often uh, our deciding factor in who is elected president and the control of the House and Senate. And so uh, people showed up, volunteers mobilized over the course of several elections and especially in the last few years. And they talked about democracy and they talked about how important it was that we have fair maps, not only for our rights and the well-being of people in Wisconsin, but also for the strength of our nation's democracy. Yeah. And so if I understand the situation correctly, you're just a couple votes over uh, the amount you need to be to deny Republicans a supermajority in the assembly as well, which means if a couple voters or if a couple of legislators on your side don't show up, right, they can actually override the governor's vetoes. Uh, yes. Because of what they have in this. And so I understand yes. that you guys, Democrats in the state, have developed some really kind of sophisticated, almost James Bond-like techniques for for keeping every single legislator on the Democratic side informed about when Republicans are voting in order to be sure that you always hold that slightly more than a third to deny them that supermajority. Can you talk about that? Yes, that's absolutely right. So as soon as we got the election results in 2022, we realized that it was going to be very close. Typically, we have not had a Republican supermajority. And so there were two houses where veto overrides had to go. We would have some notice. But with only one house, the state assembly being able to protect those vetoes, we have had to be hyper vigilant um, for the last year plus. That has meant that our members are often in Madison, sitting in their offices, just to make sure that there's nothing Republicans can do to override vetoes. Of course, when we are actually on the floor and we're voting on bills on a session day, we're very uh, conscious that, that veto overrides could be taken up by Republicans. And if they have two thirds of the members present, they would be able to override those vetoes and move Wisconsin backwards. But they also could take up veto overrides at other times. Um, particularly, they could try to do that on a skeletal session day, where we would have no notice that they were going to uh, take a vote on a particular override. And so our members, again, are in Madison and watching to make sure that Republicans are not filing onto the floor and trying to take those votes. 
we have an alert system so that all of our members will be immediately informed if we think there's any shenanigans going on in the state capitol. An alert system. How does that work? Um, well, there are special phones, right? Um, we actually we have a, a system that we uh, have paid for that allows us to immediately call repeatedly and text and email all of our members yeah. and their staff so that they will not miss the information that they need to run uh, to the state assembly. And, and minority leader, is I've, I think I've heard that in some cases, Democratic legislators with COVID actually stayed in their offices, right? Um, in order to not get out flying. We can't afford to have anybody gone on a session day. And so we have had a number of times in which members over the course of the uh, last year and a half have had COVID, but they have had to come and sit and isolate in their offices in the state capitol in case Republicans tried to override. And we did have an instance, it was, I believe, about 11 p.m., uh, Republicans had not seen one of our representatives all day, and they thought that he wasn't there. And so they tried to take up uh, veto overrides. But Steve was in the Capitol, and he ran into the chambers, and he prevented an override from taking place. Yeah, I mean, and who is Steve? Steve represents uh, sort of the lacrosse area. Okay, yeah. great. And I think it's worth reminding people that all this vigilance is necessary because of the Republican gerrymanders. They shouldn't have that many seats. They shouldn't be able to get half the votes in the state and then be one or two votes away from a supermajority overriding the democratically elected governor. Um, right. Right. And, and so I, I want to talk, go, go big picture a little bit here. I, I think a lot of this is, is, is sort of, um, Maybe maybe Wisconsin is the most visible example or most conspicuous example of the kind of hangover of 2010 that Democrats are still suffering, right? Barack Obama had just been elected to, in 20, 2008, and there was a great deal of, of jubilance and, and so forth, rightly so. But then two years later in the 2010 elections in the Tea Party backlash, Democrats lost state legislatures across the country in an epic rout. And as a result of that, Republicans who looked at the Obama victory and changing demographics represented by the Obama coalition decided, uh-oh, we better build some firewalls against democracy here. And in state after state, instilled extreme gerrymanders which prevented Democrats from taking back ground, even in defiance of, of their electorate's will. And as a result, we're still right now looking at anti-choice legislation passing because of the uh, Supreme Court, of course. And we're seeing all sorts of crazy anti-woke, socially conservative legislation passing in a lot of these state legislatures, which are still kind of, or even sinking into like a cesspools of reactionary rule. So. I think this victory in Wisconsin can be seen as like an effort to turn some of that back, right? Can you talk about that, Feel the feeling that Democrats have about um, being able to reverse some of the worst degradations of the 2010 hangover? Absolutely. Really clearly, Wisconsin was a testing ground nationally for the worst right-wing policy and the most egregious attacks on our democracy. They instituted this gerrymander. 
They repealed the rights of working people and unions with Act 10, uh, right to work, uh, repealing prevailing wage. Those were directly connected to the Koch brothers and other national corporate interests who saw Wisconsin and Scott Walker um, as an opportunity to see how far they could push their agenda. And it has been a long, dark winter in Wisconsin. People have really suffered because of the policies that Republicans put in place. And uh, it took us a while, right, to get organized and to win everything that we needed to win to start to undo um, those uh those egregious uh, policies they put in place that were all oriented around consolidating and holding on to their power. You know, that included voting rights, uh, a tax as well, voter ID and limiting early voting and attacks on ballot drop boxes, right? All across the board, they were ruthless in doing everything that they believed would serve their interest. And the people of Wisconsin have had enough. And they have come together in election after election, organizing and holding their elected officials accountable. And we have finally gotten out of the shadow of 2011. And we are now able to have the will of the people be the law of the land in Wisconsin again. Yeah. And and I want to stress what you said there, the importance of organizing to this, right? The Democratic Party chair, Ben Wickler, who's, I think, easily one of the most talented and effective uh, organizers in the country for Democrats, I think he sees it this way. What, what we're really seeing here is kind of a theory of how to take back democracy, right? It, it's not something that happens in one fell swoop. It's, you, you really, it's a game of inches, isn't it? You, you have to just pick your shots and gain whatever territory you can, and then future victories can kind of be built atop those victories, and you can keep gaining ground. I mean, here here you had that all play out, right? Tony Evers beats Scott Walker. Joe Biden beats Donald Trump in 2020. You win the state Supreme Court race, taking a, 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 a little more control there. That in turn enables the legislature to pass fair maps. And now you're getting closer to something much more democratic. But it's like it's it's one in increments through intense struggle. Right. Yes, absolutely. It's years and years of work. And, you know, I really do think about all those people I have met in my own community of Racine and across the state who show up day after day at their Democratic Party office and they get their packet of doors to go knock, and they go out and have conversations with voters. We know that that is the most impactful thing that we can do um, in these elections, and it's building that long-term grassroots support that is needed not just to win that election, but also to implement the policy that is going to really change people's lives in this state. And all those people, I mean, they are heroes to me, right? Who kept showing up. They, we lost some, right? And then we won some, and then we won some more. And it's, and it's a really good thing we did. Um, but those people didn't know how it was going to turn out. And yet they kept showing up and volunteering 
and voting in those local to national elections. And it is because of them that we are here. Well, on that note, let's wrap it up. Uh, congratulations on the new maps. Greta Neubauer, thanks so much for coming on with us. Thank you for having me. Folks should check out assemblydemocrats.com for updates about our exciting election cycle. A lot of work to do here, but we are going for the majority in the state assembly, and we hope your listeners uh, will help us in that work and, and support that work. Thank you so much for having me, Greg. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to The Daily Blast with me, your host, Greg Sargent. The Daily Blast is a New Republic podcast and is produced by Riley Fessler and the DSR Network. 